look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. Faisal, we talked a little bit in the past about um, it gets more difficult uh, investing as we age, and there's a bunch of reasons for that, right? Some I found it a very interesting paper. We've got Michael Gillamet back to join us today. He's the assistant professor or an assistant professor of personal financial planning at Texas Tech University, also the author of the paper, Risks in Advanced Age. Michael, welcome back. Thanks for having me again. Let's um, let, let's pick up the conversation again, and, and but set the framework. Um, so, just in general terms, um, take us through the the research. Uh, you know, the re- your research of all the research out there about why it gets more difficult to handle investing as we get older. Yeah. So, there's a body of evidence that just came out over the last few years showing that investors have a decline in their cognitive abilities, and it's really it's just a natural decline in cognitive abilities that starts to occur in individuals' 60s and, and starts to accelerate then in their 70s and 80s. And what researchers have found is this corresponds with a decrease in their overall investment performance and also their financial literacy skills. So it's really at this time in, in one's 60s that they really would want to look at getting fiduciary advice, or at least if they don't have fiduciary advice to put their investments maybe more on autopilot. So looking at things like target date funds or annuitization to create illiquidity. So, so you have a lot of people out there who are over the age of 60 and say, I'm perfectly fine. I just don't like to see my portfolio go down, and so I'll make decisions based upon that. How do you handle or what are some of the biggest risks uh, of people acting in that kind of approach when, uh, when we have a, a change in their cognitive ability? Yeah, and one of the most interesting things the researchers found was that even though cognitive ability declined, financial literacy declined, older investors were just as confident in their skills, right? So essentially what you have is people are becoming overconfident in their abilities, which is the worst of worst of all worlds, right? Because they think they can they can do what they had done in the past in terms of maybe being able to withstand market downturns mm-hmm. like they did in their 30s and 40s. But the evidence suggests that they're, on average, maybe not as, as likely to be able to do that. What are, so let's talk about, on that vein, what, so what do you see, or what does the body of evidence suggest, Michael, that the, the preferences and the biases are as people age with respect to their investment styles or whatever it might be? So there's definitely a preference for greater certainty as we get older. Um, so you could think of, uh, of individuals you know, wanting to be less in equities and more in bonds. And you see that, you know, that goes along with investing styles anyway that are actually quite rational, right? Because as people's time horizons shrink, uh, they should get into safer assets. So, so that kind of works, works for them in some ways in terms of uh, greater preference for certainty. But I really think it, it speaks to things like you know, making sure that they're in portfolios that align with their preferences and really getting them to think about I – know, I know annuities get a bad rap, but annuities are starting to become cheaper and more transparent, especially in the United States with the Department of Labor's fiduciary rules for retirement plans. So I think that's, a, that's an avenue for individuals and for advisors to you – know, if, if individuals like certainty, annuities are 
the perfect thing for certainty, right? Because they provide right. a monthly payment for the per- duration of the person's life, much like, say, the Social Security system does in the U.S. So a product like that, I think, is ideal. Now, the, pro- the problem you have with it is, it, you know, these annuities have a bad rap. And to be blunt, you know, if some financial advisors, the only financial advisors paid under a percentage of assets under management, they have a financial incentive to help their client's portfolio grow pre-retirement, but when it comes to actually spending down the assets post-retirement, uh, they, they actually don't have a financial incentive for their clients to spend down or, or buy an annuity and, and do that. So it's very interesting. You've got you know a couple of things working against annuities. There. You know, and there's some interesting and sort of an interesting anecdotal, Faisal. Um, you know, the, think about the conversations that we have uh, on a day-to-day basis with people, and it's exactly what what Michael's talking about, right? We're we're still 20 year olds, 20 year, 20 and 30 and 40 year olds in our heads, which mm-hmm. means I want the eight and 10 percent rates of return. But my sensitivity to to a downward move in a portfolio is is much more heightened at 60 than it was at 30, right? So they're kind of caught in that middle ground that Michael speaks to or that body of evidence, you know, speaks to that, huh, we're kind of coming at it from two different things. I want 8%, but I don't want to take any downside risk. And that creates potential conflicts and problems as to how to position a portfolio. I think that that's really interesting. Michael, what are the additional challenges that uh, that the evidence or the body of evidence suggests as you get older? What are they? So there's, some, there's an interesting research study that was done called the Retirement Consumption Puzzle, and there's actually been a, a body of research on this, yeah. where they look at, as retirees enter into that next stage of life, they're actually, some of them are not drawing down assets as quickly as you would think. So basically, right. they're, and this kind of goes back to this preference for certainty and, and higher risk aversion, right? So as they enter retirement, you would think, okay, I'm going to start this new stage of life where I'm going to spend money enjoy myself, right? meet my goals. That's why I've saved for 20 or 30 years, presumably. Yes. right? But people have a really hard time going from a transition through their working years where they've saved their entire life to then pulling the money out of the portfolio. So it's really interesting in terms of that, that transition for an individual may actually be difficult. And you see a lot of, especially wealthy retirees, kind of hoarding the money early in retirement. Um, you've also got another risk right, for people that haven't saved as much as they needed to for retirement. Uh, on a longevity side, where yep. older people are living longer and longer into their 90s, some of them past 100 years old, and that then creates the opposite need for them to make sure that they don't exhaust assets prior to uh, passing away. With those risks and fears that come in, um, do you, Michael, do you see that, that investors change their mindset? And I'll give you an example. As people are concerned about withdrawing out of their portfolio, they're in the decumulation phase. Um, we have to get a mindset around you're going to have less money over time as you decumulate. But when they start to see that happen, they want to have a higher rate of return to replenish that. Are you seeing that as part of a risk coming in, or are they just still are they comfortable with the fact that it's going to go it's going to go down, but they're not taking it out as much? Yeah, so I think what you see is, and we've seen this for a long time, especially with like the depression babies, right? They there's this mental block, especially when they start to eat down into their principal. So they, they kind of look at the portfolio from this mental accounting aspect where they look at, they say, okay, I've got my earnings over here. And if I, if I spend all my earnings, that's fine, but I don't want to eat into that initial principal. Right. So you, you see that phenomenon, which is not really rational. Cause again, there's nothing, there's kind of arbitrary between your earnings and, and your actual principal there. Um, so that's one thing you see, but you also see on the flip side, I think having a conversation with, with investors or clients, if you're an advisor, about 
you know, the research shows that people love guaranteed income, right? They love things like social security system, things, things of that nature, where they get the guaranteed payments. So I think if you could start talking to them about that early on, but even before they enter retirement, in terms of making that transition, uh, they're going to be happier. But I think it's, it gets difficult once they get older and, and start to experience the decline in cognitive ability, where, they, again, they've gone from this transition of saving to then decumulating. So I think having that conversation with them early on in setting up things like, and I'm, I'm beating this to death, but annuitization to kind of, because annuitization is essentially forced spending, right? They have to yep. then, they transfer that money to an annuity company early in retirement or before they retire, then they have no choice but to then get a monthly payment uh, for the rest of their life. And, and really, when you look at it, they're going to be more likely to spend that monthly check because it's very similar to what they received while they were working in the pre-retirement years from a company, right? So, um, you know, you could do the same thing with withdrawing money from the portfolio every month, but it just isn't the same when you look at from a psychological standpoint, withdrawing money from the portfolio every month and having it as an annuitization, uh, people treat it as, as two different things, even though it's not. Um, yeah, I, I think that's well said. That's probably a good spot to uh, to end there. We could go on. There's The body of, of evidence, Michael, is enormous. I think you've, that your white paper and your paper has done a great job of aggregating that, and there's some very interesting things to, uh, to learn from that. I want to uh, thank you for joining us again today and follow up to the interview we did with you last week as well. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. We've been joined by Michael Gillamette. He's Assistant Professor of Personal Financial Planning at Texas Tech University and author of the paper Risks in Advanced Age. Uh, Faisal, we're going to talk about some of the risks of advanced, well, risks, maybe not of advanced age, but we will talk about how to position to both protect and to profit uh, through through that period that we call retirement as we get a little bit older. And one of the key things that we're going to address on Tuesday, July 25th, is how do you actually have that income payment for life? How does the mathematics work so you can have that income payment on Tuesday, July 25th, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits? Now you need to reserve your seat, so give us a call at 966-8400, 966-8400, or go to our website to register at morethanmoneyradio.com. Hey, if you want to pay more tax, stick around, because after the break, we're going to talk about how the government's plans to close some popular tax planning vehicles may, in fact, impact in professionals. You're on Newstalk 770 and more than money. David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.